see the stairs wind up to level one and through the corridor we rush to get in and watch the moves to other floors then mark is out we'd arc around the whiteboard and huck in surpassing rounds the inner circle within a square the same squad still immersed sitting in the chairs through the siren sounds together we step as this one from then to now to forever the room lives on G'day guys, welcome back to the room. Yes, we are back for another year by unpopular demand. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be stupid. You're not gonna really learn much about the game, but we'll give you a few cheeky little punts along the way and well look, and it's probably gonna be about an hour's worth of bullying of Kuro give or take. So tune in just for that, if nothing else. Kuro, you you have come back. I've mentioned your name. You should take that as a bit of honor. Being first off, uh, first cab off the rank. How was your off season? Uh, Look like you've been in a good paddock there. Hello, listeners. Hello, Serb. Thanks for the compliments. Yes, you are absolutely right. The off season entailed a lot of eating, a lot of good food, a few adventures, a fair bit of golf, uh, but most importantly, a bit of relaxing. Which I think after a hectic year, which it was, was good to do. Um, Back into the full swing of it now, and yeah, looking forward to a great. We got, I reckon this is going to be the most hype season in a long time. So we've picked a good year to come back. We've got plenty, plenty to talk about. Uh, nah, love that, Kuro. Uh, Bubs, uh, what were you up to um, over the break? Uh, any Domino's pizzas? Have you got them back on board for season twenty twenty three, or they're on the back burner still? <laughs> no, uh, I can't even think when the last time I had Domino's was. To be fair, there is a Domino's right next to my gym. So every now and then when I'm feeling a little weak in the mind, I do jump in there just after a little gym session. But no, generally been eating pretty well. What did I do? I don't really know. I feel like the footy season's crept up on me. But yeah, definitely ready to jump straight back in. I'm pretty fired up for for the season. Like Kuro said, I think it's going to be pretty... Pretty close, um, having a think about how everything finished up last season. I'm, yeah, keen to keen to get rolling. No, we're looking forward to you referring to Duck in every uh, every second sentence of uh, your opinion. Um, we've got another member back again, 2023, and uh, his hairline is now rivaling Kuro's, um, and that would be Masto, who's giggling there um, so what were you up to in the off season mate i i wanted to ask you how long it took you to come up with that gag at the start of the pod back by unpopular demand i reckon you spent all of the off season just thinking of that you don't have to tell anyone what you did then because uh that's what you did 100 percent. i had a big off season in the way that i i put a dartboard up in my house which is a, a big step for me still because... hasn't invited the boys over for a sesh mind you just i need to get better at darts first um but yeah, I, I put that up, and I'm a massive procrastinator, so I was pretty pretty happy to put that up. I um, I might put a put a story up on the on the socials just because I'm so proud of it, and I want people to see it. But yeah, I had a, I had a decent off season. Nah, I love that from you. And um, we've we've moved the starting time a little bit earlier, and um, you know, we thought we might get to see Riz in some normal clothes. I've gone to him last because I wanted to see if he'd be awake for the first sesh um, by the time the intros got to the end, and he is. He's still in his robe, though, but we love it. Riz, how was your off-season, mate? Did you get uh, plenty of sleep in going to bed at 7.30 without the pot on? Um, I did. Welcome back, everyone, firstly. Um, Look, I was up and about because we did have this scheduled in 
for 7 p.m., but it is now currently 7.50. So already running almost an hour behind schedule. Um, Off-season was good. I mean, I spent a lot of it thinking about our mate James and just thinking about him back in England, you know, and I hope he, I hope he has a smile on his face when he, when he sees us upload this, this pod for 2023 and he's back in the DMs because that's what I lived for. And, and I was reliving the moment when I cursed Carlton and I, I really want to do it again this year for him. So I hope you're back, James, and I can't wait to hear from you, mate. Big 2023 from the big blue baggers. That is such pandering. Stop trying to get in his good books early by dropping his name. He's very intelligent there, is. But, James, do stick by. We're going to get into that pretty much off the top. We've got a big show coming up. I didn't even get to that. That's how excited I am to be back. We'll go through our top four and top eight and, you know, winner and winner of the grand final, Wooden Spoon, Coleman, Brownlow, Rising Star, um, and as always, we we like the first All-Australian. We like to see some up-and-comers, so plenty, plenty to get into. But uh, like I said, James, off the top and our other fellow listeners, we're going to go through our top four and top eight, and Carlton does feature heavily. Um, we'll go through the formalities. We've all got Melbourne, uh, Melbourne and Geelong in our top four. And then extending that a little bit further, we've also got Brisbane, Bulldogs, Carlton and Sydney all in our top eight. We will post screenshots um, of our top fours um, and top eights as the week goes going into next season. But we had a couple of teams on the fringe of the eight and we were deliberating. And one of those teams was Richmond. Yes, Richmond. Um, they were in three of our top eights and one top four. There's no guessing who had them in their top four. That that would obviously be Masto. Um, and then Rizla and Kuro also had them in their top eight. Barbs and I had them left out. Masto, I'll, I'll go to you. You had them in the top four. You're a Richmond fan. We'll let you vouch. Everyone loves hearing about how much you talk about Richmond and love Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually, I did this top eight trying to be very, very impartial. I do promise that I had a, I had a good think about where I thought we were going to land. Um, but I think we've, we've fixed the biggest issue with our list and that's, that's why I've got us in the top four. I'm, I mean, we'll get to the flag picks later because for, for reasons that I'll talk about later, I don't think we're winning the flag, but the, the biggest issue with this side is that we had no A-grade midfielders outside of Prestia who can do that inside grunt work. And we've gone out and we've picked up two absolute bulls. They're not the best midfielders in the comp by any stretch, but the extra depth that that adds to our midfield, it turns, you know, Jack Ross from a, a an M2 to a M4 or 5. It turns a Tyler Sonsi from having to step up in a final series as, you know, your second or third best midfielder to just a, a fringe player or maybe someone trying to break into the side. It allows you know, a Shea Bolton and it allows a Dustin Munn to be that aggressive attacking midfielder that they, you know, that Dusty was when we were successful because he's got those defensive guys around him. Jacob Hopper is a great clearance player. So is Tim Taranto. They're going to add a lot to that engine room. And I think the young players around the squad too will just be better and better for another year under their belt. So yeah, that's that's why I've put him in the four. I still think there's a lot of pedigree in this side and I still think there's, there's something about him that can have, you know, maybe one last tilt at it with the squad they've got now. 
No, nah, that's uh, definitely fair and reasonable. Some good points in there that you do raise. And uh, I think Kuro and uh, Riz uh, were nodding away and sort of maybe agree with you there. Um, but I'll go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum and I'll uh, delegate that to Barbs. Barbs, why aren't Richmond making the eight? And I don't I don't want your reason from uh, pre the show. I want some uh, Wayne Carey sort of analysis in there. I can't give any Wayne Carey analysis because I purely just don't want to see them in the eight. That's why I haven't got them in there. And Danny is going to kill me for that. But I just fucking don't... I don't think that they have the fluidity necessarily that they used to have. Like, Jaden Short used to be a freaking elite player... And last season, we saw him drop off a little bit, changed roles a little bit, went into the halfback, went into the midfield. Those roles are still going to have to get fleshed out as to, you know, whether Taranto is pure mid and players like Hopper. Like, obviously, they're good players. I just don't have any confidence just yet in seeing the whole team uh, working in motion. And I think that the other teams that I've got in the eight, are poised a little bit more to either maintain the high level that they've had or push forward like teams like Frio, which I'm sure we'll touch on. I think those teams are the ones that are, you know, further along the path of ready to push in and, and make a serious crack at the eight. I would say that's f- fair and um, fair and reasonable, definitely, um, on on your behalf there. And I've, I've just looking, I didn't even realise you had Frio in the eight, so there's actually three of us that have Frio in the eight. Um, Riz, what... What uh, did you have some thoughts on that to counter back? Well, I just wanted to touch on. I know Barbs is talking about the roles, and you know you, you've had Short come in and out of the midfield. I just want to ask you, Masto, what is your number one midfield right now at Richmond based on the list that they have? Yeah, after a centre bounce right now. Yeah, so who would you play in your midfield, and then based on what you say, those players that aren't in the midfield that you may have put in there last year. Where do they sit in the team? Yeah, so I think those guys that were in there last year become depth guys. I think the the best centre bounce that, like if you gave me start Carlton round one with this centre bounce, I'm going in strong and I'm picking a Nankervis, Prestia, Hopper, Taranto. I want them all in there on that very first bounce of the year. Just yeah. let them hammer away. And then, you know, when we start getting on top of games, you throw a Dusty or a Shea in there and you let them do the attacking work. So that's my question because does that mean you now want to push Jaden Shaw back to half back? And then- 100%. And do you not think Shy Bolton's best footy is in the centre of the ground and not at a high half forward where you'd probably put Dusty now going into the twilight of his career? I think Shy Bolton's a wasted talent in the forward. That's my opinion. I think uh, in modern footy you need good rotations through that centre bounce. So I think that's why you know you might not necessarily start the game with a Shea Bolton in there, but you'd look to work him through throughout the game in, in key areas where you need a clearance and you need to get it up forward quick and do something magic in there. I think it would absolutely be a waste to see him as a forward pocket, for example, but he could be a damaging higher forward and rotate through. There's definitely enough to like about Richmond and no one would be surprised if they made the eight. It would probably be more surprising to the wider footy world if they if they did miss it. The other team that Barb's did mention in there was, was Frio. Masto, I know you've been big on him. I'm finally on board um, and I've picked him in my eight. And Barb's, you've also got him as well. Kuro, um, what have you seen in their game or over their off season that um, that you've left them out of your of your eight? 
tricky thing with Frio is they started last year pretty well, and I I think their back half wasn't really convincing at all. Yes, they did get a finals win over the Dogs, but their form and the stats showing how teams were able to sort of cut them open and prevent them from being such a strong defensive unit that they were. I don't know with what they brought in whether that actually fixes it. They've lost Griffin Logue, which, you know, he wasn't really playing down back, but gave them the flexibility to throw him back if there. They also lost Lob, which means their forward line now is short, a key option. Yes, they bring Jackson in, but I don't know about you guys. I don't see Jackson being a 40-goal-a-year forward um, for them. And, I mean, with what they're paying him and, I guess, everything around it, they're almost expecting him to be like a 30-plus goal elite ruckman, which I don't know about you guys. I've never seen anybody do that. No, probably probably haven't. I think, I think I'm on board just because, like you said, um, yep, they've got a few question marks and issues, but... I think having all those games in Perth and finishing where they did get knocked out, um, you know, they'll be sort of middle of the pack sort of draw in terms of the teams they play twice. I just think they're going to win enough games over there and another year into Brayshaw and Sarong and, you know, Jackson another year. He can do damage. We saw like in the grand final from that centre bounce, that explosion moving forward. Um, And with Darcy, that's obviously, you know, a solidified ruckman. I think Freo can have a lot more of that, um, a lot more of that sort of Melbourne uh, when they had Gorn and, and Jackson sort of set up as opposed to Lob being the second ruckman. So I think it gives them a lot of flexibility through the midfield. They obviously Will Brody had a really good year. I, I don't really rate this player, but he's just going to do. I think in this team a lot of just grunt work, and that's Jaeger O'Meara. Just get it, feed it out, let the other boys do the work. So you know, and their backline solid. Um, Luke Ryan, Brennan Cox, you know, Alex Pierce always just seems to do a job and, and get it done. He's captain. Fife, if he's fit and healthy, could just tear it up forward, kicking 25 to 30. So I think they're just going to have enough to get it get it done and get in the eight. The big what if is their forward line. If they can get 30 out of Jackson and 30 out of Fife, 30 out of Tabs, they'll be fine. They'll make the eight. I'm just worried about their draw, though, because, I mean, they finished in the ad, so their draw is going to be a little bit trickier for them. Yes, albeit they play a lot of games at home, but a lot of the sides are coming up against that are in that slot of six that you get paired the two matches against. They're, you know, that's going to be hard for them because I think all those teams improve their list dramatically, and I don't think Freo really have. So I think, if anything, if they start off slow, I think they're just going to be you know, chase and tail the whole rest of the year. Yeah, and those teams they play twice, just as Kuro um, referenced. So they got Brisbane, Geelong, Sydney and the Bulldogs um, twice and then the other two are Hawthorne and West Coast. So, you know, I almost think there's there's four wins there for them. Um, but yeah, no, they're one that's going to be they're going to be on the bubble. They're going to be up against it. But I, I think they'll they'll sneak in into the eight. Um, the other the other team as well, moving on from from Fremantle, who had a superb year last year, were one point off making a grand final, um, and that's Collingwood. And we've got a real stark contrast. So Barbs has got him in the top four. Riz and Kuro have got him making the eight, and Masto and I have got him missing. Um, Kuro, I'll, I'll go to you being the Collingwood fan, and um, you actually having him in the eight, to me... Like when I see you putting him in the eight, in my mind, you think you're top four because you don't want to hook you into being, you know, 
if you had top four, you're like, I'm going to hook us into being shit, whereas like, oh, we're in the top eight, you know, we'll be there about, you're quietly confident. You're quietly confident. Look, this year I'm taking a completely different approach to how I oversee the pies because I think for too many years I've been too superstitious and too cautious on how I think we'll be. Um, I think the way that our list is now, we've got a lot of depth, not super star depth, but enough that we can plug holes and I'd feel confident that our bottom six will be good enough against most. Um the key thing, not only for us but for others, is 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 injuries. And I think we've, I'd said this to a couple of you guys in the off season. How many A graders do Collingwood have on their list? And I'd say last year you probably had three, which would be in my eyes Darcy Moore, Braden Maynard, and Jordan Degoe. And I think now we can we've added one in Tom Mitchell, and you could probably elevate potentially one more by the end of the year in, in Nick Dacos. So I think from those five, if they can keep all five of those healthy all year, I think they would give ourselves a pretty good chance of making the eight. Similar to Frio, our draw is pretty tough. If we start if we start the year zero and three, it's going to be difficult. But I, I think, yeah, by round five, come Anzac Day, we'll know where we're at. I think if we're split or just better than 50-50, then we'll um yeah we'll we'll give it a red old crack. And you did reasonably well with the draw, um, with the teams that you played twice. Bubs, you had them in the top four. I'm guessing you're sort of got similar sentiment to uh, Kuro, and just think that they're just going to keep on rolling with the train they've got started. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, watching them the back end of last season, like you said, they were very unlucky not to make the granny. Um, I think they would have put in a better performance you know the, the grand final would have been a, a big stage for them to perform honestly i think they would have done well in the grand final grand final had they made it um and i think that they've got enough young players in their team that that's sparked a lot of excitement and hunger within that group they've got a lot of faith in their coach um Degoe is a big one for me whether he can actually put together a whole 22 game season of not being a fucking idiot that would be massive for the club just to avoid all the negativity and all that other shit you know what i mean if they can get through a a season relatively unscathed in terms of scandals and that sort of thing obviously jack ginnan's gonna have to play a role in that and a few other players but like i think that their forward line is very dynamic The, the main thing the main question mark is the the Darcy Cameron, whether he can still maintain the good. I I don't know. I mean, I kind of like that Grundy left and that now that he's got the reins for the ruck role, whether he can maintain the dominance that he showed in periods last season. I think personally he can, I think he's a jet Um, and having Tom Mitchell to tap down to is going to be a big plus for them. You know, Tom Mitchell is a little pig and I don't really like the player, but I think he sort of fits well into the midfield role there. And yeah, like you said, Dacos is a jet. Like they've all, they've, there's just a lot of upside to Collingwood, and I don't think that they're a team that could get a bit rattled by sort of not going all the way last season and have a little bit of a dip. I think that even though they overperformed last season, I think they'll ride the momentum rather than drop off. No, that's fair and reasonable. Um, Master, you had a missing. You obviously think that they're just going to balance out. They were 9-0 and in close games last year. 
Um, do you think that yeah, you know, the teams that they're playing twice and they won't have all that adrenaline and momentum week to week, do you think uh, is that the reasons why you think they're going to slow down? I I could see Collingwood this year being very similar to Melbourne after they played in a prelim. I think they're going to have a down year and just really come back to earth. I don't think their midfield is quite strong enough yet, as much potential as it's got. I could see this Collingwood side really springing up over the next two to three years after this. I just think they're going to have a down year. I think it's pretty uh, pretty par for the course when a team jumps up like that and overperforms. Who else did you guys have um, You know, on the bubbles of your eight? Where did um, St Kilda feature for you boys, uh, Riz and Barbs? What were our thoughts there? Uh, St Kilda in my bottom four. Why would you bring this up? <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're staying in my bottom four forever. Not even Ross. Ross is back. I yeah, Ross is back. Care. Ross is back, mate. He's back. <laughs> Seb Ross. Yet, Seb Ross is back. <laughs> Dude, we suck. We we have no forward line. We have injuries that are decimating the team. Dude, like, the forward line doesn't matter, mate. Ross Lyon wins premierships on defense. <laughs> yeah. We might make the granny, but we won't win the fucking flag. <laughs> we might make it. Honestly, uh, just there's, there's nothing to really get too excited about at the Saints just yet. I think we're a, I think we're a, maybe a 13, 13th to 9th team, maybe. That would be a, a win for the season for me, but I cannot see us pushing top eight. I have them somehow finishing below West Coast. Wow, that's saying something. Do you have West Coast finishing f- top? That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both in my bottom four. Um, the other the other team, I guess we've got to bring it up because um, they're only in one of our top eights, and that's mine, and that's the Suns. Um, I, I got to this because I was doing um, a couple of other sort of uh, things that we'll get to later in the show with the Coleman and Brownlow, which I've sort of hinted at who my selections are. And I thought, well, if that's happening, like we're going to make the eight this year. So... That's that's literally the reason why I think I think Rao's going to be fit and healthy this year. He's an absolute weapon. I think we forget how good he can be and the potential that he has to be. Noah Anderson's got another year under his belt, and he looks sensational, especially in the second half of last year. They lost a couple of close games towards the end, which was just a lack of experience. Ben King is back in that forward line, and he could be absolutely anything. Chol getting the second or Caswell getting the third tall. I think there's just un, um, uncharted sort of potential um, with this team and, and some of their players. Um, and I think Stewie is a really good coach. Yes, their game's built a lot about pressure, um, but I think they can get it done and, and make finals. And I think it's going to be very hard for teams to go up and play on the Gold Coast. Kuro, um, do, you, do you sort of agree or disagree? Did you oh, have them look, close? Seb, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm going to. I, I just don't think the Suns really can can push into the eight this year. I mean, we've seen it for probably two years in a row now where we've thought they would jump and we were waiting for this turn of form and talent to sort of gel, but it just seems to taper off. Late in, late in years, and I just think it's going to be similar again. I mean, I look at their list. Um, yes, there is upside for a lot of the players that you mentioned, but I look at their back line, and I'm really not convinced. Like, their expected half-bank flank of Ben Long and Charlie Constable to line up in round one is 
not exciting at all. And that if that, you know, sort of feathers out for the rest of the year, I can see sides piling on goals against them. Yes, they've got Sam Collins, who's a good key back, but outside of that, I just don't think that they can hold up against the big teams and against the big forward lines. You know, I can see Carlton scoring a shitload of goals, Richmond, Geelong, and Melbourne now. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of work for them to make. The They would need a seriously lucky year, and they would need a lot of things to go right. So, look, I'd like to see them make the A because it'd be great for the comp if they actually pushed into the A. But yeah, I don't think I don't think your dream is going to happen this year. No, well, I think I think they can definitely do do something in that. Like you said, you got you got Sam Collins back there. Um, you know, Connor Blakely uh, from Fremantle. He showed some really good form. I think he just fell out of favour with um, uh, with the coaching staff over there. So I think he could go back and play half back and really rip it and give him some run. Will Powell's a fantastic player back there. Uh, Charlie Ballard is a really good player. Um, you know, he can play the, play the key position, excuse me. Um, so I, I, and I, I think they'll just find, find a way, you know, Caleb Graham, can he take another, another step and do a job? I, I just think, um, I just think they'll find, find a way under Stewie Jew. So disrespected Jed Anderson, man, I was waiting for a Jed Anderson highlight. I, I think a player like Sam Flanders is, going to be, you know, heaps better than a Jed yeah. Anderson over there. I think Jed Anderson just mm. come for a fresh start. Like, Jed Anderson could hardly get in and get a game at North and consistency at North. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be relying on him. I think they're bringing him in for a bit of depth, you know. Um, a player like Tom Berry, he's one that's come across for opportunity from Brisbane that I can see, you know, doing really well. Bailey Humphrey in the draft, he looked really promising in the carnival. I, yeah, I just think um, it's not excuses time, but you know they're coming. They're coming along. Um, That's fair and reasonable. Last but not <laughs> least, um, I just want to touch on the fact that all of us had Carlton in the top eight, but four out of the five of us had him in the top four. James, fuck, I don't want to say it, but maybe book a plane ticket over for September. And book four weeks worth of accommodation because there is a chance the Blues are going the whole bloody way, mate. Um, I just wanted to get that in. I think I think we've all been on the Blues um, train since last year, and I'm not. It fucking hurt me to put them in the eight. Whilst I absolutely, absolutely love seeing them lose, and you know, not all their supporters. Obviously, not talking about you here, James, but a lot of their supporters just suck when the Blues are up and about. So I just want to get that in there that I am very unbiased. Riz, I've got a question for you. Would you rather watch Blues lose or Blues clues? Uh, I mean, this was a good question if I liked Blues clues, but I actually hate Blues clues. That guy's That's really face, disappointing. The guy's face, fuck you. I want to punch him. Like, it's one of those faces. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Blues clues. Fuck that <laughs> show. <laughs> Well, we've just lost all our Blues Clues listeners. <laughs> nah, very good. We'll have. Can a- I just ask a quick rapid fire question from yeah, the panel sure, here? Yeah, sure. So, remembering the top eight of last year, if Jesus. you had to pick, if you had to pick three teams to drop out of the eight, which three teams are you choosing? I'll start to give you guys some time to think. I think 
Collingwood, Sydney, and Fremantle would be the three teams that I can see dropping out of the eight this year. No, that's my exact three. Exact three. I don't. I can see Richmond staying in. I can Brisbane should get better, and the rest of those teams improve their list. So yeah, you're pretty spot on there, Riz. I'm gonna go Sydney, Brisbane, and unfortunately, the little puppies. Bye bye. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just don't have that much faith in the doggies. But you uh, don't have Richmond in your eight. No, they made the eight last year. I know. So that should be one of your three answers here. <laughs> Carlton come in. Hang on, who comes in? Let's check. Let's don't worry about who comes <laughs> in. I asked who's going who in. Comes out. You've already <laughs> said Richmond's not making the eight. That should be one of your three answers. Oh, sorry, doggies. Doggies stay in. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Um, I'd go Richmond. I'd go Richmond, Collingwood, and flip the coin between Fremantle and. Sydney, just because of the grand final hangover curse that exists when you get belted by 40-plus points. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going uh, – I agree with Riz. I'm going Collingwood, Freo, and Sydney. Are there any concerns that we have with Carlton at all? Like, Yes. Despite the fact that I've got them in my four, ever since I've put them in there, I, I'm actually worried that they might not even make the eight. The more I look into their team, I feel like on – on their on their good days, they're going to tear most of the comp apart. But I feel like their deficiencies are still there, and I don't think they've really closed the gap on what held them back from getting into the finals last year. Yes, they got Blake Acres, but I'm just not. Uh, I don't know. I've got them in the four, but that's just based on hype this, at the moment. Their spine is their spine is elite. They're going to be another year uh, for the better. They had a lot of injuries last year. Which, if that happens again, like fuck, you're just completely unlucky. And I wouldn't read into it's an injury any of the prone preseason. List. I wouldn't read into the ga- uh, preseason games at all. Can I ask what deficiencies you're referring to, Kuro? I just think once the ball hits the ground in that forward line, there isn't really isn't anything there that two words: Jesse Motlop. He uh, is going to be absolutely elite this year. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure about that. Is the ball honest. even going to hit the fucking ground in the forward line? They got fucking Mackay and Kerner. He's fat. He's fat lot, but he's not fat, so he's going to be a fucking jet. Uh, look, as as one of the callers said on SCN, so we're going to have the wettest winter ever. And I think with that in mind, if the ball hits the ground, because Carlton don't play too many games at Marvel, um, I just don't know if Jesse Fatlop and Corey Durden really cut the mustard in terms of forward line. Whiz. Always Durden, uh, Motlop, the little whippersnippers, mate. They'll be I'm fucking whippersnippering around there. I, the I'm field. really unsure if the whippersnippers are going to put on enough goals if their one-two punch doesn't get it done. But look, to be honest, they do get enough goals out of their midfield, which look, that's why I've, I've got them in the four. But if they were to miss the eight, yeah, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised. My concerns for Carlton is how fans are going to react when they put together a seven-year dynasty and become the greatest team of all time. That's my concerns for Carlton. It become the most unbearable thing ever. <laughs> that would be unbearable. Like we thought Richmond supporters through their successful period were unbearable. Carlton, Carlton haven't made the eight in like 15 years and their <laughs> fans already think they've won the flag. There's, there's three teams that can go on a massive run. It's Carlton, the Dogs and Brisbane. In my brain, they're the three teams that can literally 
over the next five years, just tear the team to sh- tear, tear the. Oh, over five years! I was going to say you don't think the Cats can go on a run this year? No, no. I'm talking like five years. Like one of those three teams I see consistently just becoming like the the next best team ever. But you don't think Sydney dogs. can do that? I think Sydney have the potential, but I just so don't you like them. do think Sydney? I don't can do like that. them. I don't like them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, was there uh, anything else off that um, rundown on the top four or top eights that uh, we felt like discussing or wanted to bring up or well, anything that we've missed? Does there, does where's everyone rating Brisbane this season? I don't know. Did we t- we didn't really mention Brisbane? Uh, three minor premier. Brisbane yeah, had three so three out of the five in the top four, and then Barb's, you and Kuro um, had them in your top eight. Um. I guess we know your concerns on Brisbane. It's more down back and whether they can hold it up, which you've sort of echoed. I think they're going to be thereabouts again, like right at the pointy end. I think, like Masto said, minor premiers. I think they're top two. Midfield looks good. Forward line, still the same as last year. Back line, still... Yeah... How many goals does Gunston add? And does he just take them off Charlie? To 40. 40 does he just minimum. take them off Charlie, though? No. You don't reckon? No. I don't know. Does he take them off Danaher? Does he take them off Gunston's going I mean, perfect for Charlie. Gunston loves leading up at the ball. He's a lead-up forward. Fucking lace out. Put him on his tail. He'll, he'll be a better version of McStay for them. I think. Yeah, and Charlie Cameron loves a fucking slut-out back sesh. So fucking Gunson's going to be darting forward. Charlie's going to be slutting out back. The defenders are going to be going, what the fuck is going on? And then, bang, goal. Ashcroft and Dunkley are huge for them. Neil needs that support. Literally. We talked about it all last year. Neil gets tagged. This team loses. Yeah. Jared Jared Lyons isn't even going to get a game in this Brisbane midfield this year. That's how how good this Brisbane is. That's a lot of pressure on Ashcroft. I agree. Uh, McCluggage had a great season last year. He's going to win his first All-Australian jacket this year. Has Mc- wow. I saw that. Has McLuggage not already got an All-Australian jacket? No, he's been in the squad of 44 times. Okay, fair enough. All right, do you want to transition to the next? I, I, I just a- want to quickly, can we give Kuro his piece on why he thinks the dogs will make the four? Because oh, fuck. I know Serb was intentionally avoiding that to not get the moz on. Thank you, Masto. Can we can we dedicate a whole ten minutes to me sucking up the dogs, and why that the wettest winter forecasted from Melbourne isn't going to impact them because they're under the shiny lights and roof of Marvel Stadium. Now they're gonna the dogs this season are going to be more set. They've fixed their. I feel like they've fixed their problems in terms of key back support. Liam Jones in there is going to be massive for them. Forward line, they've brought in Rory Lobbin, who can also take that ruck in the forward line too, so Tim English doesn't need to kill himself. And I think now their midfield is set. By getting rid of Dunkley and Hunter means that they're not having to please too many players. So I think they can play Liberini's main role as a, as a contested winner, which, um, as Masto has messaged me over the summer, indicating he's going to rip it in Supercoach this year, get on him. Um I think him... Bob, that was my little hidden gem, you bastard. Shut he, up. He's the best clearance player in the comp. 
He is, and you're going to put him right where he needs to be. You've got Bond, who's a superstar. McRae is going to be inside, so he'll be happy. Um, and you've got Bailey Smith, who will literally run the comp off his legs. Like, he's that good, and I think the Dogs are serious contenders this year. The drama is, is can Ugle Hagen, can Darcy, can they get these second-tier tools to be consistently good enough to get him through those tough moments um, rather than just relying on Norton. Um, and honestly, I think the way that they're set up and with who they've got putting it down their throat, I think they can. Also, Clayton Oliver is the best best clearance player in the AFL. Not having that. I would have that all. I would have Libba over Clary any day. If I week. need someone to win me a ball out of a contest, I'm picking Libba over Oliver. Yeah, if that ball is at the bottom of the pack and there's going to be someone that's scrapping and scragging around for it, fucking Libba. Libba. He's the key to the midfield in there. Kuro, do the rest of your predictions also revolve around the weather forecast or is that just your top eight? Uh, no, that's just my top eight. Because <laughs> you've got to add in all the factors and I feel like the weather factor has a significant safety factor in this top eight. Well, why aren't the Saints in there then? The Saints, the Saints have gone backwards, and they don't. I mean, you saw it last week. It was pretty. It was pretty windy down at Moorabbin. I just think with the expected wet, wet winter, the wind is going to just blow them out of Moorabbin and onto the. Gura, <laughs> you know that when the dogs play teams at Marvel, the other team is also playing at Marvel, right? Yeah, but they're going to be so used to playing so many other games outside that when they come to Marvel, they're just going to sort of aim too far off and not correct enough. So, um, yeah, they're going to be off. Dude, the bombers are going to be lit down at training down at Windy Hill. They're going to be flying, baby. They're going to be <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, good, uh, good points there with the dogs, Kuro. Um, that could definitely eventuate, but they could also blow up and do absolutely nothing. But time will tell, and we'll all be there for the ride. So we sort of touched on it in terms of our first All Australian. I went, I went a bit earlier with Hugh McCluggage. We'll, we'll go through that. Um, we'll go first All-Australian, Rising Star, Coleman, and then Brownlow Lads. I, I've got Hugh McCluggage. I did have another name that I wanted to write down, but um, Barbs, you've got this name written down, and I think you've based it on one game of footy that you probably <laughs> just opened the AFL app and saw the stats. Yeah, pretty much. Your boy... Errol, I know you. I know you wouldn't laugh at me for putting him as my suggestion because you love sucking him off. Um, but I'm sure everyone in the entire Southern Hemisphere saw the stats on Errol Goulden's practice match. Um, what was it? 45 touches or something. So, yep. if he is the number one accumulator at Sydney, then and Sydney do well, which I guess they're probably expected to do, given that they made it all the way to the Granny last year. Um, there's every possibility that they that he could get the nod. Um, I didn't. I, I don't know too much about all. I, I never really look into the all Australian selections and who gets snubbed. And I, you know, I don't have any names floating around in my head of who got snubbed last year. So they should probably make it this year and yada yada yada. But as far as breakout seasons go, I think he's poised. So yeah. now I like that. I agree. I had him for rising star. Last year for an, for a reason because he is a very fine footballer. Akura, your selection surprised me. I, um, you know, I did have a look. I I did have a look. I had to look it up because I just couldn't believe it. Uh, let it, can you let us know who that is? Yeah, look, 
I've I've got the Blues in my top four, and I think for them to make the top four, this player in Jacob Wiedering is pivotal to that. He is the master of their back line. He sets everything up. Um, he was probably on track to get there last year if it wasn't for him being injured. So I just think if he plays a full year, he should be getting in. Like, I don't know about you guys, but in terms of other key backs in the comp, um, he's probably in the top three already. Um, and I think if he plays a full year, he's probably stays in that top two. No, very good call. Holy, uh, yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, Masto, yours is no real surprise. And being a Richmond nuffy and all, um, can you let us can you let us know your selection if the listeners haven't already figured it out by now? <laughs> um, I, I was torn on this and another one, and I won't say who the other one is because it was it's Rizzers, so I'll let him get there when he gets there. But it's I feel like it's just a no brainer. Like he's gonna be the guy in that midfield. He's gonna be under all the media attention. If he plays well, he's gonna be in that team. I think. I, I think it's pretty simple. He'll get fairly padded stats, I think, as well, just from being the main guy in there. He'll look great. He'll kick goals. He'll get clearances. He'll be an All-Australian. Tim Taranto. Hard to argue with that one. Hard to argue with that one. And it, and it's also hard to argue with Riz's selection based on um, based on some off-field. Uh, off yeah, no, off-season. Off He's been rigging the votes. Yeah, well, speaking of off-field off things, did you see that he wants to shag um, Dua Lipa? He uh, yes. He said that he wants to shag Dua Lipa. <laughs> Quite hilarious. Man's confident. I mean, of course I'm talking about the one and only Ronald McDonald, Tom Green from GWS, absolute jet. Um, he is going to run that midfield. We saw it early last year. He absolutely popped off to start the season. Um, and I think he just carries on from there. He, you know, he's lost he's lost Hopper, he's lost Taranto. Um, and he's gonna own that own that midfield. I think it an obvious one for me, I don't want to sound like a big nuffy, but if he stays fit as well, Rowan Marshall's probably an absolute shoe in. If he plays a whole season of footy, he's making AA. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, Tom Green's my pick this year. No. Don't mind that. Um, the next next one is the uh, rising star. So I think I think we're all just going Ashcroft, um, but just one name each to look out for. Um, I've gone Finn Callahan from GWS. Did you guys put much more thought into it, or did um, you guys just go Ashcroft and not have much thought after? Did you just say we've all gone Ashcroft? You didn't pick Ashcroft. Yeah, I know. I picked Callahan. All right, well, let's get that on the record, please. Yeah, put it on the record. Finn Callahan. Thank you. Um, I think Harry Sheasel's a good shout because I think he's going to be One an absolute cheesels. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that could tie into Kuro's top five later, so. <laughs> I've, got one, I've got one more sneaky. Cam McKenzie. There you go. Um, the Coleman Medal. A few names up there. Goal kicker sort of speak for themselves. You know, there's a good crop out there. Um, we'll keep this nice and short. We are getting strapped for time as we always do. Uh, just a couple of words, if you like, as opposed to one word. And uh, Riz, who's your selection? Charlie Kerno, because Carlton are good. I like that. Masto. 
Jeremy Cameron because Geelong are good. Barbs. Charlie Kerno because Carlton are good. Kuro. Tom Lynch. Because I'll tell you why I reckon I reckon Tom Lynch is going to be good. <laughs> Lynch is the sole forward that is going to kick a shitload of goals for Richmond. And if we're saying that their midfield is elite, then Tom Lynch is going to have a fucking lunch down there every Saturday over at the G and kick six. So put him in Calvin, $9. Thank you, Kuro. I've gone Ben King because similar sort of reasons. The Gold Coast are going to win some games and he's going to kick some gals. I feel like that needs more of an explanation. That's pretty rogue. Ben King. Yeah. Well, the year before he did his knee, the Suns won only seven games and he kicked 47 goals. So I think the Suns won 10 games last year and they're definitely winning 10 games this year plus. Like I think they're getting 30. So if he kicked 47 when they won seven games, if they win 10 games, he'll kick 40, 10 goals. Yes. <laughs> so dumb. Surely, how many goals does he need to kick to win the Coleman? Are we talking 70? How long's a piece of string? I think he's kicking... I six, reckon 70. I think he's kicking 65 plus. I like that. And I think I think that's going to be enough to get it done. So I think Gold Coast is going to win games. He's not going to get the attention that he would have two years ago being the literally the only key forward in that team. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's going to work wonders having Chol and Casbolt taking some attention away. So, um, and we've seen what Max King has done. So, yeah, I think... Um, you should put money on that. He's 26 to 1. Yeah, probably should. Maybe I have already. Who knows? Um, moving on to the Brownlow medalists. I'll start and we'll keep it brief. Uh, Gold Coast is winning a lot more games this year, which means Took Miller is polling more votes than he has in previous years. And, yeah, he's a jet. Get around him. Anderson and Rao will siphon him more this year, I think. They probably will, but they're going to win like five extra games. So that's 15 votes, you know, if he gets 15 fifth, percent of those votes he's getting another seven at least i went with clayton oliver because he's the best clearance player in the competition and melbourne's gonna be very very good i went with petrarca because melbourne are very very good and i just think that he is a sexy bull that is just gonna burst out and kick goals and be an absolute jet i feel like everyone's sleeping on petrarca a little bit um and I think this could be his season. Is his leg okay from whatever he did to it last year? Like, is there any anything lingering there? Which leg? His third? Jesus Christ. Didn't he, like, partially fracture it or something at the end of the year? Well. His third leg? Fuck yeah, no, I remember, I remember that. He did it against um, Brisbane where, he, yeah, it was like his shin. I think he's fine. There's been no sort of slowdown from what uh, the reports have been over the offseason. Um, as they all say, he's been flying and having a big... I like Petrarca. Riz, Kuro, put more on the dogs here. Go for it. Oh, Ruin Serbs Day. M. Bontempelli, three votes. Bont is cash. Don't overthink it. He should have won it fucking two years ago. Probably should have won it last year, but he was playing with no shoulders. This year he's fit. He's firing. Fucking dogs are back. They lost Dunkley. More mid-time for Bont. More forward time for Bont. More everything for Bont. He's going to average 30 and two goals this year. He's a jet. Yeah, I haven't really got much more to add to that. Bont is 
He's a superstar, and he's going to show us all again. So, Bond three votes. I nearly put Oliver Bond tie, but I thought that would be cheating for the system. So, very on board with that. I also want to say another thing about Bond. If anyone's seen his um, haircut and beard this preseason, that in, that in itself deserves a Brownlow. So, if we're going purely off preseason looks, vibes... He's looking very sexy, so I'm I'm all in on Bond. He means business, doesn't he? It looks very like business esque. He's ready to come in and win the Brownlow, win the flag. Oh boy, big year ahead, big year ahead. Uh, one of uh, we're getting towards the back end now, and if you've hung into here, you're probably thinking we're going to name our premier, but we're not. We're going to be a bit negative and give you our wooden spoon winners. Um, and if you want to add in a couple of teams that you were sort of deliberating, feel free to add those in just a couple of words. Between the lot of us, there's been two teams that have featured again, and that is North Melbourne and Hawthorne. Riz, I'll go to you for North, and Master, I'll come to you for Hawthorne. Kuro and Master had Hawks. Barbs and Riz had North. Um, what's our thinking behind those selections? Nothing really to see here. I just don't rate North's list at all. Like, Clarko is one thing, and sure, he might be a good coach, but he, fuck, he's dealing with a pack of fucking... I don't want to say it, but you know what I mean. There is no talent in that team at the moment. It's disgusting. Nick Larky is, you know, a bit of a glimmer of hope, and fucking Kuro's just gone down with a fucking broken arm or whatever it was this week. Like, their back line's fucking cooked. They're just finished, mate. They're done. They're done, and nothing can save them. Now, Massa, you've got the Hawks then at the bottom. What's uh, your thinking behind that? I think all the messaging out of that club right now is that they've just blown it up for a rebuild, and I think that really sucks to hear as players. I think they're just going to go into this season going, yep, we're not going to do fucking shit, and they're not going to. They're going to finish last, even if they're a bird of prey. I've gone another bird of prey and I think they're just going to keep being shit like they were last year and they're talking about all these players are back and fit and healthy and whatnot but I just think they don't have the hunger and the desire anymore and until I see uh, Adam Simpson implement some other style of game plan I think uh, West Coast is in for a world of pain a lot of people think they're going to be bouncing back up so it's probably a surprise selection to be towards down the bottom um did any do people think that? I don't know. Maybe not like that. Some of them, maybe not bottom, not even bottom four. Stop trying to make your selection I'm sound sorry. more rogue than it is. It's very fair and reasonable. Uh, there have been reports that some people think they're going to bounce back. I'm and, not going to say who. And if it was, go watch AFL preview 2023 on uh, Fox Footy, and three out of the four panelists had him like just missing finals, like in that. Nine to twelve bracket. And I was like, "What?" They're literally the they're literally the second like favorite to miss the eight. <laughs> they're paying a dollar eight. Got a little diamond in the rough for you boys, but I think Ashcroft might go well in the Rising Star. I don't think many people are talking about that. <laughs> well, Ryan, there you go. I should have looked at what I always go to first, and that is what the punters think because we know best, don't we? And that's why we're all laughing at you, sir, because they're paying a dollar eight to miss the miss the eight. That's unreal. <laughs> Such a smoky there. Who's Smoke. who's bottom? Hawthorne and North are equal at a dollar three. Oh, there you go. 
maybe that uh, I'm elite. Is there anyone that we is, do you guys have anyone like making a real dramatic fall that would be outside the top six of that list on We're a sports bet? We're I, a have, Saints I have the list. Saints. I have the Saints dramatically dropping. I just don't think they're going anywhere. And Ross, the boss, is going to be the boss of absolutely nobody because no one's going to actually be taking him seriously. Like, I don't know. I, the, everything about them just screams disaster. And it's already started this preseason. I mean, they sacked their coach. How long after the season was it? I feel like it wasn't even like it was. It was. It was a considerable amount after the season ended for it to be awkward. Was it not? Like, is that? Am I? Am I not correct in that? Was it, was, it, it was awkward. It was awkward. It was, it was weird. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was poorly handled and it was shit. Didn't we give Rats an extension? Yeah. No, we yeah. did. We signed him on, and then literally the week after, we got fucked by Essendon, and then everyone was like, "Well, that was a mistake." And uh, yeah, they got rid of him after after an intra club review or inter club review, whatever they fucking. Call I think that. the team paying the same at twenty three to one for least wins and that's the Bombers I reckon they're sort of like between those two teams like you could see either one of them for similar sort of reasons finishing in the bottom bottom four just completely bottoming bottoming out to reset before they can move forward anywhere so I reckon the quick, Bombers quick question where does everyone see Port this year out of the eight but middle, like how far just, out just middle just standard middle probably like shit. 12th yeah, yeah 11th just, I've got them ninth. I I agree. I think they'll be right on eighth to ninth. I think they. If Carlton is shit enough, they could pop in. Port. I, I, I think if Port Richmond Adelaide, is shit enough, they'll pop. I in. I could see Port Adelaide yeah. finishing as low as thirteenth because I think they're one of those teams that are so focused on momentum now. And with, how high yeah, could you see them finishing? I could see them finishing sixth. Really, if they get on a run, I think they can put it together. But I just think that the uncertainty around Ken Hinckley and the pressure that's on them now, they're two or three losses away at the start of the season of just completely unraveling. And I think if they do, it's going to be a fucking shit year for them. So you're going to be like a GWS, nearly like nearly bottom oh, four sort of stats. I hundred percent. I honestly, I'm surprised Ken Hinckley got another year. In that, sorry, has gone. Sorry, what I meant to say is, I'm surprised he started this year without having that contract extended. And the fact that it's pushed out the way that it has now, and obviously all the reports preseason about how poor their form's been and all that sort of rubbish, I just think it just has. They've got too much riding on the start of this this season, and their draw is pretty hard too. So if they're zero and three by round ten, I think Ken's gone. Yeah. I just want to open up the quick fire here. This is just literally, I want two numbers here. Adelaide, GWS, ladder positions in that order. Go. 14th. 14, 15. Yep, somewhere around there. Um, I'll go 11 and 15. The only reason I ask is I could see one of them being that little smoky bastard who fucking goes on a tear and does the outside the eight to the four. Well, GWS have got that sort of vibe about it, like one season dead and then bounce back like the Pies did. Like they've still got enough mm-hmm. talent on their list. A lot of talent on that list. It's just, um, it's honestly just a matter of how quick Kingsley can implement that fast ball movement game plan, the manic pressure, et cetera, and how much the players buy in. 
I, I could see them, yeah, you could see them bouncing back for sure. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they finished in the eight. No, nah, neither. They and I'm more, almost more confident on them doing that than Adelaide, I think, even though I've got Adelaide finishing higher than them. I think Adelaide's on a like that steady incline, whereas GWS could just fluctuate really highly. Yeah. There's so much talent on that list still. Whitfield, Kelly, who just feel like forgotten guys in the league. Yeah. yeah. you still got Canelio, Toby Green. you got Sam Taylor back. Isaac Cumming. Nick Haynes had a down year. Isaac back. Cumming is a jet in that back line. Like, he's a super coach. Um, Smokey, if you haven't already been considering that, I'd have a look at him. Yeah, nah, I like it. Um, we'll move on uh, to our premier. Now, we had a lot... It, it, a lot of consensus on the top uh, top four. Kuro, you've got the cats going back to back. Run us through. Run us through that one. Run us through that one. Cat to cat, pussy to pussy. Look, I tell you. Look, there's a few things at play here as to why I think Geelong win the flag. One, because last year I uh, tinkered with their synthetic turf and they won the flag, and I'm back there next week. So, look. I'm going to touch their turf and they're going to fucking lift the trophy. That's one. Um, I also think the pressure on them now is completely gone. Like no one is sitting here saying, you know, Geelong are under the pump to do this, this and this. Like I feel like for a club like Geelong in particular where they take it pretty chill down there at the worst of times, I feel like now it's going to be they're going to have so much confidence and they're not going to feel like they need to get over the hurdle or something. That qualifying final last year, I think we touched touched on it late in our finals podcast. That qualifying final was so huge for them and I, I felt like we all knew once that game was won and done that the flag was theirs for the taking. So I think with that monkey off the back, um, plus the players they brought in as well, they're able to supplement a few of their um, aging players. Yeah, I think... With the amount of confidence they've got, it's going to be hard to knock them off. I can agree there. And um, the other three boys have gone. Well, who who wants to jump in and vouch for the selection? I'm I'm happy to. Um, they're fucking good. They're really really good. And then they've gone and they've brought in Brody Grundy. And as like I was I was saying this before, they both kicked three on us on the weekend, but. This, this is the best ruck duo you will ever see for ever. Like, there will never be a better ruck duo than these two. And they are feeding a weapon of a midfield in Oliver, Petrarca, and Viney. They have returning guys coming back from injury. The only real player they've lost is Luke Jackson. And I think they've brought in a better player to replace him in Grundy. They've got Tom McDonald coming back to anchor that forward line. Another year into Cozzy Pickett, who looks like he's just getting better and better. There is so, so much upside to this side that won a flag two years ago. I can't see them not winning the flag. Very, very strong case. Very, very strong case. And I don't know why I haven't picked them, to be honest. I concur with Masto's opinions. They are very good. Especially Jake Melksham, crucial. Yep, I'm all over the D's as well. Their midfield's very strong. Their forward line's very strong. Their back line's very strong. Their ruck combo is OP as fuck. They're disgustingly good everywhere. Like, they, how can they not win? They finished second. Like, people forget they finished second last year. Um, yes, they went out, 
in was it they went out in straight sets didn't they i don't know yeah they they are still an elite footy team and they'll be very hungry after after not uh continuing their run into finals last year i think they'll they'll go to the grand final if not win the grand final I think their last year is a lot like Richmond 2018 and they're just going to bounce back and they could win the next two. Just to put a bit of context about how good Grundy and Gorn is as a combo, both of these guys can play in front of the ball and behind it. So while you are resting one, you are either able to shore up your defense whenever you fucking need it or you're able to plonk one up top and get some goals out of them. It's fucked and they're going to be fucked. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to be up there. I think it's Geelong, Melbourne, um, or the team that I'm about to list, and that's Brisbane. I've gone back to the well with the Lions. I just think they've got too much talent on that team to to not win it or not win one. Until Oscar McInerney comes up against Grundy and Gorn and he just works him over all fucking day. That's that's fine. I reckon I reckon Brisbane are going to be a lot harder and it and it's a lot to do with the midfield. Adding in Dunkley and Ashcroft in there, I think is just going to elevate him to another level. Lockie Neal is still elite. McCluggage has still got more gears to go. Barry might get more consistency on the park and he showed a lot in the finals. I think, yes, they got belted against the Cats, but then them seeing the Cats belt Sydney in the granny, I don't think Brisbane will feel as bad um, about that result and go, well, fuck, you know, that team got belted as well and they were in the granny. So I think they're just going to take enormous confidence. A lot of games at the Gabba, I think they're going to get a top two finish and I can see them, you know, home prelim, uh, home qualifying, home prelim into a granny. And then, as we know, on grand final day, it's anyone's bloody game. And and I think with the breaking the hoodoo last year, they're going to be up for it. Um, like I said, already touched on Gunston as well, addition in that forward line. You know, Darcy Wilmot is coming on that half back line. Kitty Coleman looked absolutely elite in the second half of the year off that back line. You know, you got Tunstall and these young wingers who are excited that Fagan's giving a go, you know, not playing your Mitch Robinsons, and, and they're going to be better for the experience. Jack Payne's locking down a key position post back there. Darcy Gardner wasn't playing um, a lot of footy, and he he can be an elite defender. Harris Andrews has got the ability when he wants to lock down and go, all right, I'm not going to worry about, you know, these flashy intercept marks and, doing this, when he goes, I'm fucking sticking on my man and I'm going to put my fist through it and send it 40 metres over the boundary line in row Z, the Lions look elite. So I'm, I'm going Brisbane. I think um, I think they're on this year. In Port Adelaide, they call that row Z. <laughs> That's good. That's good from you. But like we've all been waiting for, and that is back for 2023, and it's the Riz of Death. So, Riz, what have you got for us? What have you got for us? Is it going to be a futures? Is it going to be? It is. It is going to be futures. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start off the segment though by saying, look, I'm sure we've all seen the new anti-gambling campaigns going along on the old TV and on your sports bet ads of oh, apps and things. Um, you know, you you know you you win some, you lose more. Things like that, slogans like that, that really hit home, you know, like the odds are you're going to lose. There's a lot of that going around. And, you know, 
I was thinking about it, and I think it's important to talk about this and just say, you know, gambling's for a bit of fun. So all you guys at home, you know, that want to put a punt on, just uh, just think about what you could be buying with that that money instead. You know, what could you buy instead of putting it on the old sports bet accounts? Having said that. I'm about to give you some multis, and look, I'm not going to tell you to put your house on it, but I'd strongly recommend putting your house on it. So, first off, we come to a nice little easy four-leg multi, all right? This is going to be Geelong, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Carlton to make the eight. That's paying a nice easy $2.30, you know? That's pretty safe, very manageable. you got to wait a whole year to collect it, but you'd, you'd be pretty confident that's coming in. You've riz of death, poor James, straight away. <laughs> well, bad luck, James. If you want to get a bit spicy with this multi, you can add the dogs in there, and that takes it to four fifty three, and that's pretty good odds, if you ask me. So I would be putting a fair whack of your life savings on that one. Now I'm going to take you to some player multis. Um, this is a pretty easy three legger. You know, nothing crazy. Will Ashcroft. Oh, Riz, I just want to like, just, just sorry to interrupt, just to clarify that one. So you go the Blues. Yes. Lions. Yes. Demons. Yes. Cats. Yep. 230. Yep. Add the dogs. Takes it to 453. Just, we just want to come back to this at the end of the year. Just jot them down. Just jot them down. Got them here. Got them here. All right, so now I've got a three-league player multis, futures. Uh, I've got Ashcroft to win the Rising Star. Pretty self-explanatory, that one. Uh, Charlie Kerno to finish top three in the Bra- uh, sorry in the Coleman, not the Brownlow, in the Coleman. And Marcus Bontempelli to win the Brownlow. And that's paying a healthy 90 to 1, which I think is reasonable value for a tenner. Um. And now, oh, do you want to recap that one first before I go to my last one? Just yeah, just to recap that, that's Ashcroft, rising star, who's you know pretty much a shoe in. Charlie Kernow, top three in the Kernow, top three in the Coleman, who's pretty much been there in the last couple of years. So, you, like Riz said pre-show, you're pretty much getting bond for the Brownlow at 90, 90 to one. Yeah, that's pretty much what you're getting there. Um, now this one's a bit of a long shot. Uh, and I have zero faith in it, but I thought it'd be fun to whip something up like this. So this is a team's leading goal kicker multi. Haven't hit one of these before, um, and I don't think I will, but I'll give it to you guys anyway, and you can make your own decisions about this one. Um, I've got Mitch Lewis to lead Hawthorne. I've got Jeremy Cameron to lead Geelong. Uh, ben King to lead Gold Coast. Nick Larkey to lead North Melbourne, Tom Lynch to lead Richmond, and Aaron Norton to lead Western Bulldogs, and that pays sixty-one fifty. That's pretty good. I thought so as well. I, I thought so as well. Don't mind Except that. Except for all. the fact that Mitch Lewis is out for about two months. Is he actually? That explains a lot. What what happens if we take Mitch Lewis out of the multi? What's what's our odds? Uh one moment, calculating. Mitchell Lewis is the the biggest odds in that multi, so it's probably going to absolutely destroy it. Uh, it drops it all the way down to twenty to one. So you still pretty good. Basically, divide by three. I did have Brody Grundy in there at fifty to one for for Melbourne. 
uh, as a bit of value, and that makes the multi nine thousand five hundred <laughs> to one. If you want to, if Great. you want to double, if you want to double. But um, yeah, that's the Rizzo death for first one for twenty twenty three. I think it was quite sensible. So take of that what you will, punters at home. Take of that what you will. No, love that, Riz. That, um, we'll revisit that, I'm sure, at the end of the year. What do we think of a Kuro outro? We are only going uphill from here, boys. Yeah, look, I think this year I need, li- I need a little bit more listener feedback as to things they want me to chat about. Um, so please feel free to write in. James, I know you do listen religiously, so I would love more... Um, topics and themes from you. I'm definitely going to put in some extra research this year to come up with a few different themes each week. Top five, I think, was a bit of hit and miss last year. So, yeah, we'll come up with something interesting. Um, can we get a Can we get a top three Kuro's hall passes? Well, if, if you have to, <laughs> why does it have to be three? Danger, why can't it be 30? danger. Fine, top, top 30 Kuro hall passes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's run through them. Jeannie Bouchard has to be on there. Uh, you know who makes that list? Sydney Sweeney. Does any is anybody watch that show? <laughs> Euphoria. She yeah, she's fine. Oh, uh, I tell you what, my Instagram real algorithms have just been popping off recently. Yeah, happy International Women's Day, by the way. Yes, we love we love you, women. We we do love you. Um, shout out to all the females that are on my algorithm. We love you, <laughs> especially the ones that have a, re- a really amazing uh, golf swings. We love you too. Um, yeah, look, to be honest, I, I want to end the show with everyone's favorite moment. Well, sorry, not everyone's favorite moment. I want each of you to list the favorite thing you did in this off season. because even though we briefly touched on what we did in the offseason, I feel like we didn't give them a, like a big highlight. And I'm going to start us off. My highlight this offseason was... Shooting under 100 in golf. It was the first time I've ever done that. I was fucking pumped. My golf game for everybody at home is flat out average. So to have uh, got under 100 is is pretty good. And as I've said that, Master has jo- dropped out because he knows he'll never shoot under 100 <laughs> ever. <laughs> but someone who has, sh- who, who has hit under 100, Barbs, what was your... Uh, what was your off-season moment? Dude, I genuinely can't even think about what I did. I didn't go anywhere. Um, did you have any festivals that you went to at all that you enjoyed? I'm, I'm happy to jump in. I've, I've got my answer. I, I'm just going to give it as my weekend last weekend. I went to Paradigm and then went to Revs. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. I've not been in that good of a mood in a long time, baby. It was absolutely Everything I wanted it to be. For people at home, Paradigm, it's like a Psytrance music event that they run every sort of six months or so. Down at River in St Kilda, the sun was setting. The uh, the Everything was just kicking in at the right times, you know what I mean? Everything was kicking, everything was going, the crowd was going nuts. And then we went straight back, to, back into South Yarra, back to Revs. And, mate, it was just unbelievable. So I'm... Um, that was the off season. You can't be doing that during during season, you know. You've got to train hard, get to get to your trainings every weekend, or every week, I should say. But 
that was a definite highlight for me. Absolutely beautiful. Sounds like just a standard weekend for you, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I am going to pitch this weekend as well, so could well be two in a row, baby. <laughs> um, mine was Djokovic winning his 10th Australian Open. That was that was sick. That was sick. Just Is he it. officially the greatest of all time? Well, it wasn't official. It was already official a long time ago, but... Uh, just leaving nothing to doubt now. Shout out to all our um, Roger Federer fans. You're not the greatest. Yeah, well, he he will never be knocked from his throne, Serb. I think we can both agree on that, can't we? <laughs> well, you can't knock yourself off your own throne, you idiot. <laughs> anyway, Riz, what did you get? What did you get up to this off season? Did you uh, did you propose or anything? Anything exciting yet on your end? I had a threesome. That's all from me. Wow. Can I ask with who? That is elite. My imagination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. His imagination in his right hand. We can't include that. Yes, we can. Fucking, fucking oath we can. <laughs> Happy International Women's Day to those two young lasses. <laughs> Masto, what was your uh, what was your highlight of the offseason? I fucking said it already. It's my dartboard. It's fucking sick. I'm gonna post a picture of it on the on the Instagram. You've twisted my arm. Did you? Uh, can I ask a question? What is what's your highest score that you've had um, with your dartboard? Obviously, with three darts, what's the highest score that you've recorded today uh, on the board? One hundred and eighty. On 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 the board, I've hit a one forty. But I would say the one twenty three is the closest I've been to the one eighty because I just edged the fucking iron by a little bit. But it'll come. Nice. Well, Riz, have you actually got any good highlights for us to talk about? This is a great Kuro outro. <laughs> no. What about seeing a kangaroo get mauled to death with me? That was pretty good. <laughs> That's up there. That's up there. What's uh, worse, a threesome or right encouraging a kangaroo being fucking mauled as a highlight? Like, the threesome is at least fun and exciting. Like, a kangaroo I'm just being trying mauled. To, I'm, that's I'm quite depressing prompt, and sad. I'm trying to prompt some memories. It was a bit violent, to be fair. But we did have New Year's Eve together, and it was very wholesome. And Zan, we did some fireworks. Surely we that's did. That was there. fun. That was fun. I wouldn't say it was a highlight of my off-season. It was just a fun moment. Maybe the Bucks party is what you were talking about. Yes. Maybe, maybe, the the- Bucks, maybe the Bucks party is the reason why I can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so much for an imaginary threesome. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Well, on that note, as I said, listeners, please write in. Going forward, we want some interesting things to chat about. Um, I hope you all had a good off-season. We're back in fine form. Actually, I got uh, one. Did you guys watch Bachelor this year? Uh, yes, a little I did. Bit of it. I saw Jed on Saturday. Did you oh boy! At Garden State Hotel. Just was he with Elysia or whatever her name is? No, he wasn't. No, he what? Wasn't. Hot take. That's a drama. That's a shock. Nah. He, was on the, he was on the hunt. Anyway, yeah. continue, Kuro. Continue your fucking heartfelt outro that I just rudely interrupted. Yeah. Well, look, as we said, it's it's time to go. Enjoy the week. We look forward to another big year with the lads. There's a couple of fresh haircuts ready for round one. Um, we'll see you back here next week. See us.
I can hear myself and I do not like it. Look, I love pussy and I think Geelong do too. <clears throat> Let's have a little sip of water. <laughs>